Everything seems to be working. Yay! Yay! Welcome, listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds. Um, this is going to be a little bit different uh, for several reasons. Uh, the first thing to alert you on is uh, we've decided going forward we're going to try and produce current episodes. Um, with that as well, um, the Great Trexpectations experiment is currently on hold mm-hmm. or deleted <laughs> Or we're going to we're still going to do the occasional review of weird nerdy things of that kind of nature, similar to the Great Trek Expectations. But uh, we're not doing Deep Space Nine on a on a whole anymore. That doesn't mean we won't do episodes here and there, but it's not going to be as regular as it was. Time to binge watch DS Nine. <laughs> so uh, we do have some episodes banked up. Uh, every once in a while, you might get an older episode, but I'll give you fair warning that it's older, and it's probably because uh, somebody's sick, which uh, <laughs> is funny because uh, somebody's sick, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, first, we're here with. Uh, Two of our regulars and a special guest. I'll introduce the regulars first. Jen is here. Say hello, Jen. Hello, Jen. Kevin is here. Hello. And uh, a guy that we've mentioned on a couple of our episodes now, um, our good friend Ed, who is Snowhawk Cosplay on Facebook. That's correct, yeah? Yep. Yep, And uh, Ed has been featured as a cosplayer uh, as part of uh, the official Marvel website's Cause Toberfest. Yeah, it's a mouthful, but yeah. no, I've been on there. So. Uh, 2014 and 2016, Droids Canada, Titans of Cosplay, uh, a book called Art of Cosplay, uh, Cosplayers Canada March. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Uh, Canada March, the uh, the March magazine. Yeah, uh, that's a mouthful. I'm screwing that up. But uh, Ed has been uh, cosplaying for a number of years. He's also a very good friend of ours and knows some nerd stuff. Um, as you might also have realized, uh, Ryan's not here because um, Ryan was supposed to be here, but unfortunately he caught a bug and is not feeling well. So we had planned on having Ed on anyways. It just makes it a little bit easier because we've only got four mics, so now <laughs> they don't have to share one. Well, now someone doesn't have to sit in the other person's lap and then it just get. Yeah. Awkward. See, I would have assumed that I would have been sharing a mic with Brent because we're married. Oh. Well, I'm <laughs> well, sitting. That, that was I'm sitting in Ryan's chair, so I kind of figured it was going to be like half on a chair. And then <laughs> Ryan is kind of, is a little bit on the smaller side too. Yeah, so he's probably he, the smallest. You, you might be able us. to pull that off, or it'd be like a really <laughs> creepy ventriloquist. Act. Yeah, and like, just so there's no misconceptions from our audience, we do have more than four chairs. Yes, we <laughs> just do, have yeah. four mics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huge studio for mics. Yes. <laughs> it's in my kitchen. Echo, echo, echo. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do, since we're uh, we're going to get this up, hopefully a week after we recorded it, we're going to talk about the recent geek news of today, especially since a bunch of it came out. We got a Defenders trailer today. Yes, we did. And it looks good. Pretty good. I think it looks good. Yeah. Uh, it's, I uh, 
seen it. You didn't see it? <gasps> no. I haven't finished Daredevil yet. Uh, so. I haven't watched Daredevil. I think I watched two or three episodes and was like, meh. But now I've watched all the other Marvel shows, so I'm thinking maybe now that I know what the kind of feel of those shows are, I could go back and well, watch see, I've Daredevil. Seen season one of Daredevil, I loved it. And as soon as yeah. they put the suit on, it was like, I'll get there. I don't know. I just I, I, I'm with you. I didn't care for season two of Daredevil either. I found it slow, and I really don't like love the Punisher. And there was so much time devoted to him. Well, see, now I don't want to watch it again. I'm not saying it was bad. Brent almost had me convinced. It's good. <laughs> it's got good it's parts. It's good, to but it. slow. Yeah. Ish. It, it really. They could have shaved two episodes off of it, and it would have been if, fine. If Netflix could have it that I could download that episode, like some other Netflix content, then I could download it. On oh, you tablet. can't do that with the Marvel content. No. Oh, well, they I probably don't want it all. No, over the like internet. the Kevin Costner one that he just came out with there, where it was the Ryan Reynolds Kevin Costner. Oh, movie. yeah. You yeah, can yeah. download that. Oh, okay. And you can download like all the Ip Man movies. I downloaded. But well, that's an afternoon of the awesome. Yeah, right there. but you can't get Daredevil. You can't get the Netflix. Yeah, I do. I had to spend some time in waiting rooms yesterday. So beforehand, I downloaded two episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, an episode of Riverdale, and a Mystery Science Theater three thousand movie. Those were all available for download on Netflix. Okay, so it does have a fair amount. But speaking uh, of Netflix and MST three K, I think we talked about it last time, but. I'm really enjoying that show. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. We, we I've only watched, watched the, two. We watched the one that had a very young David Hasselhoff. In it. Oh, Star Killer, Star Crusher. Star Crash? Star, Star Crash? Yeah. Anyway, it was, the movie was awful, but the commentary was fantastic. So uh, my kind of question is, we know that there's going to be a couple other season threes and season twos of these various Netflix shows. Uh-huh. I get the sneaky suspicion that they're going to start rolling out another character, and I'm kind of curious who it's going to be. Uh, anybody have any suggestions on you mean who it should be? After Punisher? Squirrel yeah. Girl. Nope. Squirrel Girl is part of New Warriors on the... Um, on Freeform. On is Freeform. It Freeform? Yeah. So she is currently taken and spoken for. Well, okay, yay. here's an idea. Since, since <laughs> they are going with the street-level justice and Iron Fist and Power Man, mm. what about keeping on that Kung Fu 70s feel and go with Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. That would be a good idea to appease a lot of people too because it's of the the controversy of the, well, not really controversy, the argument that Danny Rand should have been played by an Asian Asian actor. And and that's a, like, that's an argument that keeps getting popped up. My, uh, my cousin, uh, who's he's adopted and he's half Japanese, brought it up this morning. I saw that on your Facebook. Yeah, it's, I think it, I think it, it's been a while since we've seen each other because I joke that because he's like, "Well, I'm half Japanese, and you know, we, we I would like some representation." And I'm like, "Wait, you're what?" And I think he took me seriously for a moment. I'm like, "No, no, it's I was joking. It's no, I haven't. I've I've only watched up." The Netflix shows up to Daredevil season two. I so I haven't watched. You haven't seen Jessica Power Jones? Man or, or, no, oh, I've okay. watched Jessica Jones. Oh, all right. It's just Luke Cage and Iron Fist are the two I haven't watched. Okay, but is there any way they could spin the Daughters of the Dragon off into their own show, like a Misty Knight, Colleen God, Wing kind of thing? I hope so because Colleen Wing Ooh, that would be good. Is the best part of Iron Fist uh, of that show? Yeah, she, she is. is. Real, she's a good actress. She's got some sort of martial arts mm-hmm. experience, so her fight scenes actually look good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the, her character Danny was Rand just, is just cool. didn't finish his training. He buggered off. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. And he said it, the, the Iron Fist drinking game is take a shot every time he says, I'm Danny Rand. <laughs> and you're hammered by episode Or just three. if you hear the word Rand, honestly. Um, kind of like Oliver Queen. Yeah. Oh, the God, what, what, yeah. That's why favorite, I can't watch Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite bit of the trailer was Claire telling them all off. Claire, <laughs> Claire's honestly, I think, my favorite character. <laughs> In the Marvel a, Netflix about, universe. How about a yeah. night, night nurse series? Yeah. That might not be too bad. I don't know. You could do that as like an anthology series. Like every week it's a new character showing up. That's a good way to test drive other characters too. Like she's the... The center point for whatever reason. Mm. I know. I like think she works well as a supporting can... actress. That yeah, spawn, uh, like a supporting character. I just say that spawns all spans. Well, that's Ugh. what I'm saying. Is think of her as like almost like the host character for the show. Mm-hmm. Like somebody comes in with an injury, and it's you discovering why Moon Knight has just like House. House isn't the star of the show. Yeah, it's the patients yeah. and lupus. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> no, it's never lupus. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to think of other Marvel characters at that level. Yeah, see, I don't and know. Moon many. Knight was the only other one that came to mind. Moon Knight would be good. Mo- Blade, you just could like Blade. Then you, well, because they've introduced magic and stuff. But, it's, but do they want to tap that well had again? That series. He's does had a Mo- series and a bunch of movies. So. Does Moon Knight have magic powers? No, not. He's really. just a guy in a cape like Batman. Uh, he's got multiple personalities. Yeah. multiple personalities. There's disorder. arguments depending on which series you read. He ha- he's powered by the levels of the moon, but and that there's that, an again, Egyptian god in, that in and out it, so many if times. If you instead of doing the cape version, you do the the white suit with the yeah white mask, the, the Warren Ellis. Yeah, run. that would be that would be pretty epic on. TV. Now, I think the biggest Marvel character that needs to join the MCU soon is She-Hulk. I, I love that character. Yeah. And I, it would be it, it, maybe even put her on Netflix, like a lighthearted superhero lawyer show. Jennifer Walters. Be, Jennifer Lo- Walters, attorney at law. Yeah. And, and the first episode shows up and she's talking. Okay, here's green. another one. How about uh, Kate Bishop? Oh, oh that's the Hawkeye. Hawkeye. You take that LA woman run yeah. and make a series on that. That wouldn't be bad. Uh, the only thing with either of those, like those are both great suggestions. I just wonder if the rights are weirdly tied to stuff. Like if Universal has the rights of She-Hulk. Yeah, that like that one especially, I could see being an issue because that's why they don't make any movies called Hulk anything. Um, Despite that, like the next Thor movie looks a lot like it's going to be Planet Hulk, right? So, or at least a good chunk of it will be. And but the um. The other one, uh, Hawkeye, they could probably work out if the, the TV division and the movie division mm-hmm. played nice with one another. You just make, if you had Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, season one, just remake L.A. Woman on TV. Yeah. You, you know, if they hadn't introduced the Hawkeye's family in uh, Avengers, in Avengers, then you could have done that whole fraction run as a Netflix series. Like him in the apartment building. The Pizza Dog episode would be really interesting. How did I know you were going to say Pizza Dog? Pizza Dog's awesome. You know what? You can still you could still do it all with Kate. You could still yeah. You could just transfer the character over Kate and put her in that whole fraction. Yeah, it really wouldn't change much. I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit though, because those that book was 
so well designed. It was such a comic book, right? It was. Uh, Would it work as a TV show? I don't know if it'll translate to yeah, TV. Yeah, that, that's always story, the risk. But it 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 just has this cool graphic look, and with that limited color palette, I don't know if I want to see. But get you get Madame Mask on there, mm-hmm. Madame Mask versus Kate Bishop, like. There's so many cool things that you can yeah. do on TV. And it would be a strong female villain. which And a strong female lead character, which yep. they Speaking don't of have strong other female well, villains. Well, they have Jessica Jones. Do, yeah, we know who, do we know who Sigourney Weaver is? No. it's She has a character name, but it doesn't have it. Like, it's only like, like a first name. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but it's... It's one of those things that, like, it doesn't have any ready attachment to any Marvel character out right. there. Uh, the The rumor mill has it that she may be Mephisto, like, oh. a, like she's taken a human form for this for whatever reason. Um, okay. I'm I'm not entirely convinced, but it wouldn't be Mephisto's long been involved in Daredevil's business over the years. Oh, so pretty it wouldn't much be, been involved with everybody. Oh. Yeah, so, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a stretch. It just like. It, there's nothing guaranteed about it, so that then that's that stuff. We also got well, we sort of got a Runaways trailer. If you caught it before it got pulled off the internet, I found it on YouTube this afternoon, so it's still there. Looks good. I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like the the first graphic novel at it, right? Yeah. The first couple issues. I love the graphic novels though, so I'm really excited that they're making a show. Yeah, I, and, and that's on Hulu. Hulu, yeah. Okay, so that would explain... Because the thing that threw me off is it had, like, a little bit of cursing in the trailer. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, are they... Like, I thought it... Because originally I thought it was on that Disney channel that the rest of them are on. And I'm like, no. oh, that's kind of odd. But Disney uh, it, channel it, after dark. <laughs> <laughs> so now would they be able to bring the Punisher in so that Molly can punch the Punisher? Oh. Because that's yeah. the best part of that whole series. Mm. <laughs> what did you think he had? Punishing powers? I thought he was a mutant. <laughs> and uh and the dark tower tower trailer dropped today yeah i watched that too knowing nothing about dark tower okay so what did you think of i it? thought this looked really cool okay a parallel universe story idris elba just looks badass and matthew mcconaughey as the yeah. cool bad guy it just looked like a lot of fun Jen, did you get a chance to? See? Well, yeah, yeah, I showed it to you. you showed it to me. Now I read the first Gunslinger book a while ago, and I did not like it. And I'm a big, I'm a big fantasy person. I love fantasy books, but I remember reading it and thinking this makes absolutely no sense. And I had a hard time even finishing it because I had no idea what was going on. That being said, the movie looks awesome. The movie looks like they explain stuff, mm. <laughs> and yeah, Idris Elba looks fantastic. Um, from what I recall of the first book, I had no idea there was any sort of time travel or dimensional travel. Because, like I said, to me, that first book made absolutely no sense. Are you super familiar with the Dark Tower books? I've read all of the books. Now, d- am I wrong in thinking that the Dark Tower series ties into all of King's other works? Yeah, which I assume the movie won't because there's so many, there'd be so many rights issues. Yeah, um, like um flag from uh uh the stand the bad guy from the stand uh-huh. pops in and out of that series i think at one point stephen king himself even kind of appears oh. in it making his ultimate meta cameo right. in one of his one of his things so yeah uh, this is from what i understand this is weirdly kind of a sequel to the book series the movie is yeah the movie is so it's kind of but how the how it's created means you don't 
if they pulled it off, you don't need to have read the books in order to get the movie. Like, the movie will stand on its own two feet and explain itself. But if you've read the books, the movie will be an awesome continuation of that series. That's their goal. I hope it stands alone because I do not plan on reading a bunch of Dark Tower novels before August. Yeah. Well, you'd have, I think it's six. Yeah. I think I have the first one still. You can have it. And that, and that's it for the geek news this for today. There's like a ton of stuff that it just seems to be every sort of like every two days there seems to be something new. Out. Well, we're getting into that season because yeah. yeah. Guardians and then Wonder Woman. We Guardians. I, I keep it's weird. I keep forgetting Wonder Woman's coming out until I go to Walmart and something or something, and I see all the tie-in. As soon as, as I think, it. as soon as Guardians Buzz is down, Guardians comes out. We get. You know, because it's through the next couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe a week before the movie comes out, I think that's when the Wonder Woman comes out. Like, well, I think it's one, a, a month after Guardians Wonder Woman comes like out. Yeah, June, June, June 5th. 5th. Yeah. Who and was then it in second? We get a month and then it's Spider Man. Who like, was it? Like, who, bang, bang, bang this year. Was it you, Brent, who remarked that DC wasn't really throwing much into the promotion of Wonder Woman? Well, even at Calgary Comic Con, it had a real, or Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo, Wonder Woman was there. But it had such a small, yeah. Like it's almost like DC wants it to it, fail to prove their point that well, a, a, a movie with a suit female superhero out, they were won't win. Out posters. So it's like, would you like a Wonder Woman poster? Yeah, sure. Then they had TV screens that were supposed to show the trailer or something, and they were off. Hmm. No. They had a poster up saying, uh, "Design your own bracelets and win a trip to the premiere." And I'm like looking around and it was like, would you like a poster? It was like, they yeah. had, it almost looked like they could have had something really awesome, but it just went bleh. Yeah. Which is disappointing because I think Wonder Woman is going to kick a lot of ass. I think it's, it's going to be a great movie. It, it yeah. looks like a great movie. What's the, the TV, we don't have cable, so what's the TV presence? Like, is there like a fair amount of trailers at this point? Because it should start ramping up starting I haven't like seen now. much on TV. I haven't yeah. watched TV lately either. Network TV. Yeah, okay. So, sorry. Fair enough. See, and that's why I I'm do thinking love it's that them. she's on every bottle of Dr Pepper right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like their their Barbie sized dolls of that they have at Walmart now. But even those secretly went on sort of price drop. Oh, did they? Well, at least here they did. Well, in Canada, the yeah. the the thirty dollar ones. Oh went yeah, on for twenty bucks. But not really advertised. If you go and scan it, they'll yeah. come up at the lowest but, price. But I mean, I don't want to buy it until I see the movie because yeah. I don't want to be like, oh well. But as far as figures go, they are a nice looking. Figure. Oh no, they're beautiful. As as part of that too, um, the 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 DC multiverse figures, the six inch ones, our Toys R Us got them, and you would have never known because they were see, kind of just shuffled into the back of the store, like the back racks by where the the rest of the the leftover Batman versus Superman toys are. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's like, it's kind of like what happened with Green Lantern where they ordered so much Batman versus Superman stuff and it just didn't sell as well as they thought it would. Well, and their Suicide Squad up. stuff, they, the first wave of Suicide Squad, they had nothing. Yeah. The back end of Suicide Squad, they had tons, but... And it's still there. And like, it really is a figure set. So if you miss out on Batman or Harley Quinn off of the original run... Who well, would be the more popular ones? Exactly, and you're screwed. So what's the point of buying Boomerang or Katana or, and then you could also get Flag and Diablo, but they didn't come with Build a Figure pieces. pieces. So 
Yeah, I don't this, even think I saw Diablo. I saw a flag at at one of the WalMarts, but I don't think I Diablo ever saw was him. there. He disappeared quick. Like, was he a one per Casey thing? Yeah, it was. A, yeah. It was a weird ratio that there were tons of flags and only. What was the build a fig? Croc, killer oh. Croc. But and it looked good, too. But yeah. then there was also variants. So there was a Toys R Us variant or where you could get Killer Croc wearing the velour hoodie. <laughs> hoodie. So it's one of those, you buy all these pieces, and then it says, oh, you could, if you look at the packaging, you could buy it without Batman. Well, Batman's the torso piece. So you're basically getting another BVS Batman with just a other head with the rebreather and a yeah. couple of batarangs. Mm. Like, it was just one of those... Do I want to invest $180 to get in to just get a killer croc? Which yeah. is like the, the Wonder Woman figures look good too. Like the, the I have one minor complaint about one of them, but the Steve Trevor figure like looks it looks more like Chris Pine than the, the Captain Kirk Trump figures <laughs> did. Well so, Ryan has the four figures. Yeah, He's I not know. here tonight, but yeah. he had found them for me. And it was a cheap investment. It was ninety-four bucks. And you get four of the figures, and you get to build Ares. Who that build a figure just looks awesome. So, who are the characters in the Wonder Woman line? You get uh, World War One Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. You get Queen Hippolyta, uh, uh, which you, looks like Robin Wright Penn or Robin Wright. I don't know what she goes by you these get days. Steve Trevor, and you get uh, Paradise Island uh, Diana. Okay, so really four figures that fit perfectly into the Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. If you had Wonder Woman from BVS, it's sort of the evolution to three, that figure. Yeah. Okay. So when, unfortunately, I was out in Calgary at the time, Ryan sends me pictures of him. When I saw the quality of the figures and, and the variety of figures, I'm like, damn, you better buy them for me because <laughs> I need them to... to Transition into BBS. and then the build a figure is Aries. You get Aries, yeah, which uh, I guess can pretty much confirms the fact he's a the bad, bad guy. Well, Danny Phil. Houston is supposed to be the bad guy. There seems to be it seems to be it's either him or the guy from Harry Potter that nobody seems to know who he plays. The guy who was um, isn't Christoph Waltz in Spider Man in what well, Spider Man Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't think so. I thought he was the Nazi guy. No, no that's Danny, uh, Danny Houston. Houston. Which Danny I would have been happy with a Danny Houston figure. Oh, who knows? Maybe that's the second wave. Uh, I hope yeah. so. I like Danny Houston. I I think he's it's, great. Um, so the guy who played the the werewolf in in uh, Harry Potter, what was his name? Remus. Oh, Remus David Lupin. Lupin. Yeah, D- David Thewlis. Yeah, because he plays somebody in the movie. Nobody knows who he plays. Like it, it's, and that's led to speculation that maybe he's the voice of Ares, and like because it's going to be a fairly CG character. When he's in all up in that big armor and stuff. He played so. the frog in red. <laughs> he did. So I completely when, forgot about that. When, Another DC property, so he's copying it all movie. in the family. When we eventually review this movie, um, I'm going to just warn the listeners now. There's probably going to be a fairly angry rant from me about their classical mythology, Greek <laughs> mythology. Because that's what my degree is in. It's in classical mythology, basically. She couldn't make it through the first book of Azarello's run. Have you read... No. It makes me angry. Have you read the George Perez run of Wonder Woman? Probably not. No, I don't own it, so... Because if, if they're using Ares as the big bad in this movie, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the story comes from that 86 run of Wonder Woman, which was fantastic. Mm. And I don't know how... I don't know how accurate the classical mythology is. See, that's the part that bugs me. Yeah. I do love their his depiction of Olympus is this is it's not like a mountain, it's like a 
Well, it's on the top of the mountain, but but um, it, it goes in every direction because the gods don't care about gravity or direction. They're just you they're know, freaking gods. They're gods, and they're pretty awesome. That's I, cool. I yeah. love Dazarello's run. I, I liked it too, but I love Dazarello's Ares. Yeah, it, and uh, because it looked like him, they drew. Well, I'm just a you know a sh- shabby looking drunk who's all covered in blood. How is that not cool? Yeah, I, I've I've loved Wonder Woman since that Perez run in '86. I, I, I it was a book I read consistently for at least 15 years. Not for me, so. it was Linda Carter. Well, I did watch Linda Carter too. I'm, yeah. I'm coming up on her soon in my re- giant. Does she get a cameo in this movie? Watch. She's got here, right? Like that, they snuck her in. Somewhere. They have to. I hope Lyle Wagner's in there too. Oh yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> I feel a little bad Steve. saying that, but he yeah, played Steve Trevor, and, and then he played Steve Trevor's son, son. grandson, wasn't it? Grandson? grandson, yeah, yeah. So part of the reason uh, we had Ed here is Ed has been traveling on business, and as part of that business, he has managed to work his way into the. It was the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo, and since we're we're mainly based out of Ontario, it's kind of always nice to get a view of another convention from somewhere else, so you can compare it to. Because up until this year, we really only had Fan Expo in Ontario. That it's there's Fan Expo, Niagara Comic Con is starting to build up. While Niagara and Hamilton, they're they're yeah. basically the same thing two times a year. Yeah. And London Comic Con is making a push. Apparently, it's they're in a well new this year. This definitely, year. Yeah. Ottawa's pretty big too. They're affiliated with Montreal. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it's it's nice to see that there's these conventions popping up. I just wish some of them would, you know. But it is a definite attention. But. It is a definite different feel when you go to one of the Western Canada ones. Oh yeah, I've been lucky enough that I was out on out in Alberta on business back in 2015, so I was in Calgary and I was like, Oh, Edmonton Expos this weekend. Well, let's go up there. So that was the first time I had an exposure to that group because yep. it's Edmonton, Calgary, and Saskatoon. So that's their Oh, that that like the same company runs yeah, all that's three their of those. Group. Okay. So so I went to Edmonton two years ago and it was def- definitely different. You see different vendors, you see different comic book shops, you see different artists, you see different celebrities. Yeah. Uh, since I'm in the cosplay realm of it, you get to see co- different cosplayers. You get to see different talent, <laughs> skills, different people. And uh, so that's why this year when I had the opportunity to go out west during Calgary Expo, I thought I'm going to take this opportunity and go. So I did two days. It's a four-day event. Oh, it was four? Yeah, they're a four-day oh, okay. event. And one of their big events is they shut down downtown Calgary and have the Parade of Wonders. Oh, so kind of oh, like cool. what Dragon Con does. Yeah. And, and, it, it, and the, the city's really embraced it. Well, and plus Calgary Expo happens at the Stampede Grounds. So if you're not familiar with Calgary, where the Saddle Dome is, that's Stampede Grounds. Um, if you've seen the pictures of Calgary Tower, you're basically only minutes from Calgary Tower. So basically the center of downtown Calgary. And so you can have the Parade of Wonders really easy. You could start at, unfortunately I haven't seen it, but you could easily start in downtown Calgary and walk right into the, huh. into the stampede grounds. Wow. Cool. Now the other cool thing with Calgary Expo as well, because it's at the stampede grounds, it's an outdoor facility. There is buildings there. There's the corral, there's the saddle yeah. dome, there's the big four building, the Agriplex. 
but you basically you pay to get into the park. So you can park right on the grounds. It's like 15 bucks. You park right beside the building. So I was lucky the first day. I was just steps away from the building. But you have outdoor. So not only do you have your events inside, outside they had LARPing demonstrations and they had a mobile escape room. Oh, cool. They have food trucks outside. Mm -hmm. Because Calgary Stampede is also set up for the greatest outdoor show on earth, they also have a food building. So the big four building downstairs is nothing but food. Oh, that would be nice. so great. So you get better quality food. You're not getting, yeah. you know, the regular garbage that you usually get at a... At a well, you, Fan Expo, you have your choice between two food trucks, both of which are fries and hamburgers and hot dogs and sausages, because that's just Toronto city bylaws. And then you have the restaurants that are a bit of a hike and... Everybody tries to go to them. Well, the so nice. So you're trying to, you know, you're fighting against time and getting a seat, basically. So the bottom of the big four building, that's where the food building is. Now, I went to Calgary, I lived in Calgary 17 years ago now. So I went to my very first and only stampede back in 2000. Mm -hmm. And it's great when you get there because we ended up eating dinner there and you go down to the bottom of the big four building. So it's changed over the years. Now they got like South Street Burger and, right. and Chains. But they had it, it was almost like a, a retreat. They had tabletop gaming set up. So half the building was set up that you, they had games already set up. So you could just jump in to a table, oh, start nice. playing a yeah, game. That's a good idea. They had um, the food area. There was also Tim Hortons there. So... You know, it's kind of great that you can just go and grab a coffee right. and then go back upstairs and walk around. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing that I'm not a big fan of at Fan Expo in Toronto is that the food selection is no. awful. Well, most, I, to be fair, most convention centers yeah, are like most that. Conventions. The last time I went to Fan Expo, I packed sandwiches. Yeah. But even you go outside and it was kind of nice just to walk around the fair, uh, the stampede grounds. Yeah, I love that there's an outside component to it. Well, and that's the thing. Since I love, I love the stampede i love calgary stampede i love the city of calgary it's like well it's like a second home to me because it was home i just love it so walking around i was just like i couldn't believe it like all the statues so i if you hit up my facebook page uh, snowhawk cosplay on facebook you'll see my album where i've taken some of the pictures around the stampede grounds mm -hmm. to put on there because i love it Mm -hmm. um, there was also one opportunity I took. The Stampede Pavilion was open. So I walked right into the middle of the arena where oh, they neat. have the chuck wagon races yeah. and the barrel races and the bull riding. Uh, that's always cool, even if nothing's going on. I, I got to do that at the, the Sky Dome once, just go down on the field. And there was no game and nobody in the stands or anything. But it's just kind of neat to be down on it. Well, and especially, like, it's one of those... You know, as a kid, I always wanted to be in the rodeo. Yeah. yeah. And just being able to stand there in the middle of the rodeo grounds, looking up at the stands and just saying, wow, like this was cool. Minutes later after I had left, they had closed the gates. Wow. So it was like one of those life, once in a lifetime you opportunities. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do this. The so. only place like that that I've ever been, I went to visit some friends in Houston once and we went to the Texas State Rodeo, which I would think compares to the Stampede in terms of size. So, and again, they, they had... An, it was like the Texas State Rodeo was like a state fair too, right? So there were rides and there was a food pavilion with all these local barbecue places. It was pretty amazing. And we sat at the top of the 
stadium and look down at tiny little rodeo performers mm. from from the top of the football stadium. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. So it was nice. It was a nice experience to have it there because it kind of mixed everything I love about Calgary all into. A great a great trip for me. So, how was the the convention? Like, well attended? I assume it is because it's been going on for a it's, number of years now. Well, it's started twelve years ago, and it was shortly after I had left Calgary. That's when it started. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, and the whole comic book business and comic book convention business was different then too. You well, look at yeah. Fan Expo twelve years ago Yo, compared to what it is today. So now it's become big business, but. Um, they ex- they say that 2016 was 105,000 attendees. Wow, that's now really good. doing a little bit of research before the show. Fan Expo said last year or this year they are expecting 129,000 yeah. attendees. So, just kind of comparing everything when I was there on the Saturday and I had my step counter on my phone. Mm. It gave me an award <laughs> because it tries to track and, you know, yeah. give, give you incentive. It said I did 35,000 steps hmm. on Saturday, which is the most steps I've ever taken in one day yeah. since I've had my phone. And comparable, I scrolled back through the history and on the Thursday of Fan Expo, so the first day when you try to see everything, yeah, I did 22,000 steps. Yeah. So it kind of tells you the size. Like even looking at it, Stampede Grounds is 208 acres. Mm. While the buildings, I calculate them up, they're 457,000 square feet. Yeah. While on the Fan Expo website, they're saying for um, shopping madness, they have 400,000 square feet. Oh, is that feet. like the retailer area? Yeah. Okay. So... You know, the Metro Convention Center itself says that uh, the MTCC is 600,000 square feet. Fan Expo says it's 750,000 square feet. So, but, you know, 208 acres is pretty dang big. Now, um, how does it feel crowd-wise because it's so spaced out like that? Like, because it has so much room, is it kind of like, because that's the one thing, like, I love Fan Expo. I don't want anybody to think that I'm shitting on them because I'm not. I, I really enjoyed going to that show, especially the last couple of years. They've really got it down to like a fairly smooth running machine. But just due to the amount of people that go to Fan Expo in that particularly sized buildings and how those buildings are shaped and how the booths are set up, it can get very claustrophobic very fast. It was one like, of the reasons yeah. why I stopped going. It's it's not that way at Calgary. It some aisles were tight. They have more space between the aisles mm. compared to other Comic Cons. Yeah. Uh, when you go down to Artist Alley, I find lately at a lot of Comic Cons they're putting Artist Alley less space. Yeah, they're they're just aisles. jamming as many people as they can. There was there. more space when you're walking down Artist Alley, where you could like Jim Shooter was there, and I w- walked up and like Jim Shooter had about eight people stand there wanting to see him. And you could get by them no problem. You put eight people in front of an artist in Fan Expo, yeah. you got a traffic jam. Right? Not only that, it's blocking three other artists because yeah. they're lined up against their yeah, table. They gave, Unless that guy's you can't got look a at corner. anybody's table. Yeah. yeah, so they gave yeah. lots of space. And, That's nice. uh No, it was, it was great and there was a good flow. The only time it really got jammed up is going from 
um, Hall C into Hall D and E oh, over okay. in the main building because you know it was one one way traffic, one way one way traffic coming back. Yeah. So you'd get the odd person who you know just kind of slows right down and gums up the works. Mm -hmm. So uh, what were the, we know what one of your highlights are, but our audience don't, doesn't. What were your uh, your highlights from the show as a, as a cosplayer and as just like a fan? So this one was tough because it's tough to travel with a cosplay, especially on planes. Yeah. They seem to frown on cosplay weapons on planes. <laughs> I don't know why. Hmm. So what I did was I decided to do more of a casual cosplay. So I took my Nick Fury... David Hasselhoff, uh, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. costume with me, which is basically a leather jacket and an eye patch, so that's easy. Um, so really, I was kind of incognito cosplay because it wasn't anything big like Nightmare right. Batman or something like that. Yeah, but sometimes costumes. those work, right? Like, it, yours does. Like, it looks, it looks like a good Nick Fury costume, David Hasselhoff aside. Well, so. and it it, uh, it photographs really well, so yeah. I'm happy with it. So I was actually wearing that when I got to meet Jeremy Renner. So he was. One you weren't of the, wearing the eye patch, though, were you? No, okay. no. I still I was wearing the jacket, but I didn't want to. I still wanted to be me. I didn't want to be Nick Fury, yeah, yeah. recruit Hawkeye, which would have been cool. But I paid a lot of money for that picture, so I wanted to be of me. Yeah. Uh, but that was really cool. Um, a lot of people there to see Jeremy Renner. Um, of course, photo shoots in out real quick. But he was very pleasant. Um, yeah, because sometimes you'll get there and there's like people who are just like, well, to be fair, who who knows where they've traveled from and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They look tired or they don't look interested. Or well, the nice thing with Jeremy Renner, I've had other shoots where I hate it when a celebrity is wearing sunglasses and a hat or something like that. Yeah, like you're paying all this money to have a picture with you know someone in disguise. Yeah, it could mm -hmm. be anybody. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Renner was wearing a hat, but. You could tell it was Jeremy Renner. So, oh, yeah. you know, as soon as he came up, he's like, hey, how's it going? Shook my hand. and um, He's a little fellow, but I guess I'm a big guy. So, you know. Yeah, he looked very short in your pictures. Yeah, especially compared to you. Yeah, well, I'm 6'2", and I don't know what he is, but... Uh, yeah, Not 6'2". Yeah, check out my Facebook page. You'll, you'll but see. But now, now you have the Avengers reference, because it's... Uh, I think it's him, Scarlett Johansson... Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo, they're all sort of around the same size. You'd never know that from watching the movie and how they shoot and Maybe stuff. I should have showed up in my Thor costume and then I could have been like, <laughs> you know. um, The other one was I, I did a photo shoot with Patrick Warburton, so I'm a huge Patrick Warburton fan. And, you know, when you look at him and he's like, hey, how's it going? So he's like, not a small man. No, no. He's, no. he's, he's like 6'5", isn't he? No, he's about as tall as me. His head is a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> yeah, like, like he's got a really big head. I, yeah. I didn't notice it until your wife pointed it out in the picture comment. I'm like, yeah, his head is huge. Well, and then, you know, when we were talking just before we started recording here, it was like, you know, as soon as he says hi, and then it's like, he did the voice. Yeah, exactly. It's his voice. You're doing the voice. <laughs> did you talk about Pearl Jam? No. No. He's a huge Pearl Jam fan. Is he? Yeah, like mm. to the point where like he knows the band, and I it was a couple tours ago, he got to pick their set list for like a show in L.A. Like so he got like and it, like apparently was a nerve wracking experience for him because he could go like deep cuts, he could pick whatever songs he wanted, <laughs> but he also like whoa you have to have fan favorites in there and it like took him like three weeks to pick out the set list for <laughs> well, the, who want the who wouldn't want the tick to pick your set list? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's on a sitcom right now, isn't he? Or he was recently. 
Uh, well, he's the on the Lemony oh, Snicket, yeah. Snicket yeah. show, but I don't know if he's got. Events. I don't know if he's got the sitcom beyond that because I don't have cable, and that's. I watched the first episode of a series of unfortunate events, and I mean he's he's Lemony Snicket. He's the narrator, so mm-hmm. both, mostly you're just like, yeah, he's doing the voice. <laughs> but um, well, he's got a good voice oh, for like does. that style of narration. <laughs> he right? does. But um, oh, geez, Neil Patrick Harris mm-hmm. is um, Uncle Olaf. And he's creepy. He does a good job. Well, as the resident theme park guy, my biggest connection with Patrick Warburton is he does the safety spiel on the ride Soren at Epcot in California Adventure. Hmm. He tells you to put your seatbelt on and take your hat off. Well, the other funny thing would have been if you did a, a Men in Black cosplay. They pull out the neuralizer. Uh. Then he'd start crying. I don't want you to. <laughs> I don't want you to forget. I, you know what I always wish had done better is the Get Smart movie. Oh, that was a Jaime. pretty good movie. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. But he's he's Jaime in it, yes. isn't he? And it's perfect casting. Like mm. just, but it, it's like just at the tail in the movie they bring him in. It's. Like I want to see the movie with with Jaime in as like a supporting character. And of course, voice of Kronk. Yes. (laughs) Voice of Kronk. Well, I did see a Cusco cosplayer. Oh yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Somebody was walking around as Emperor Cusco. As a mama? No. Those have become popular in the last couple years. Like not like not like Deadpool popular, but like it went from never seeing one to you would see like one or two at a show now, like on a fairly consistent basis. Well, speaking about cosplays you see a lot of, the ones I saw most of were Suicide Squad Harley. Of course. Okay. Deadpool, which of is course. odd because... Because last year we commented that Deadpool had died off of yeah, quite a like bit. Yeah, like in the we Ontario... reached peak, peak Deadpool? Yeah. Well, it was like right after the movie... It was like, we got our movie, we're done. Yeah, they, uh, they all part. disappeared. Maybe it's because the next movie is being worked on and they'll so. go until that and they'll disappear again. Uh, I don't know, when lo- Deadpool showed up at my library Comic-Con last year, yeah. so... <laughs> uh, lots of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Archer. had some good pictures of that. Lots Arch. of Archer. Any particular character or like whole teams? Team, of- I saw teams of archers. I saw Cheryl's. I saw, I, I saw actually someone was doing Mallory. One of the first wow. time I've seen Mallory walking around. You I said, saw I'm, Mallory at Fan Expo the last time I was there. I've seen Krieger a fair amount and I've seen archers. And there last year there was a small team at Fan Expo of, I want to say it was Krieger, Archer, Lana, and. I saw a, uh, Pam. I saw Katya's. Brent I does s- a good Krieger. When that, he dressed I, up for I Halloween. Manage, it's somewhere in our costume box of Halloween costumes. Other than the lab coat has now disappeared. Sorry. But um, uh, the I managed to find the perfect shirt and tie combination from the cartoon. Like, it just looks like I peeled it right out. And then I and, made him an ID badge at work. Because <laughs> you can print off all their ID badges. Well, the, the ISIS ones, you can find them on the internet easy enough to print off. Maybe now, not so much. I saw lots of, <laughs> there was lots of Superman, Batman, that kind of stuff. Um there was another one. I but was there much in the way? Oh, just... Negan's. Negan is the new uh, Suicide Squad Harley. Yeah, there's tons of Negan's. Uh, Negan? It doesn't take From a Walking, Walking Dead. Dead Jeffrey. Oh. And I talked oh, to one vendor, and she says the hottest toy, the one she can't keep in stock, is the one that nobody wanted nine years ago. The Zack Snyder Watchmen comedian figure. Really? Yeah. Huh. So the one that the you guys found me at the one toy show for ten bucks. Yeah. 
they're going for like 30 or 40 bucks now. Really? Because <laughs> everybody's yeah. discovered Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Well, good for him in some yeah, ways. Good He's for a great him. actor. He's done lots of stuff. So just I'm never actually going to jump on the Negan bandwagon. I have a Negan mashup, but I'm not going to tell anybody because I don't want them to steal it. Was there much <laughs> in the way of Star Wars cosplay? Any of the new oh. Rogue One characters? Yeah, there was... Um, yeah, like I saw some Jyn Ersos and, uh-huh. and lots of Jedis and mashup Jedis. I, I saw a Darth Vader Captain America mashup. <laughs> How did it, did it turn out? Okay. Yep. It's yeah. on. It's on my Facebook page okay, as well. I'll have to go That's back mixed and see messages. It. Yeah. So it, I kind of looked at it, and the first thing I can think of is like Captain America was always a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the? Uh, was there a particular cosplay that stood out to you while you were there? Anything unique that just really caught your eye? Um. He sent me a picture of a squirrel girl. Yeah, there was a squirrel girl. I sent that she straight for good. Jen. Yeah. Um, ones that stood out. Oh, there was the one. Caught me off guard. Oh, sorry. Now he has it to was, look at his pictures. It was That's the okay. uh, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, oh yeah. the realistic Buzz Lightyear. The realistic Buzz Lightyear. Oh my yeah. god, that looked amazing. And what Benny. was Benny G cosplay? What was it made out of? Like foam? Yeah, you it's said made out of foam. Uh, he did an excellent job. He said he spent four hundred and fifty hours on it. <sighs> Uh, wow. He's on Instagram, so you can follow him on Instagram, Benny G Cosplay, and it was spectacular. Out of the pictures you posted, the other one I liked um, because it was so simple was uh, Esmeralda from Hunter yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame. That was yeah. a nice. One. Like it was dead on, simple costume, but that just was, like uh, perfect. That was she was n- just missing the goat. <laughs> well, that was Nick, Nick, Nika Stone, and uh, I met her Edmonton Expo two years ago. She does Thor as well. So she was doing Jane, like the Jane Foster, Jane Thor? Foster Thor, and uh, I'm just a huge fan of of her work. I've been following her for two years. So. I'm looking at your pictures, and I don't recognize this franchise, but it's an amazing costume. Yeah, that's Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Yeah, that's I know that I like. I've never been into that game, but I know the characters, and I'm like, wow, that that they did a good well, job. That one, um, Ash, King of the Freaks cosplay. She, he's like, you gotta go and check out these guys. This Mass Effect, they looked awesome. So oh, like, she, like he knew that they were there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he's been following them on uh, on Instagram. Um, but no, back to Nika Stone. I've been following her. Met her two years ago. Been following her in her Facebook and Instagram. Been a huge fan. So um, yeah, her Esmeralda was spectacular. She did Firestar. She did um, Star Girl. Uh, bought a couple prints from her. I don't usually buy prints from from cosplayers anymore but i just love her work um she does a spectacular zatanna that i got a print of her firestar looks amazing yep Let me see. Uh, she was with um she was with um, pickles uh, pickles bird cosplay oh, and spider queen oh, yeah. oh, okay. so everybody you gotta what... look at these pictures yeah, yeah. you gotta check if you check out my page especially with nika stone i think she's spectacular and what i would love is to have more western canada cosplayers be brought in a special guest at like Fan Expo. Um, just because the talent out in Western oh, I Canada, I think I think Ontario cosplayers or Ontario convention goers need to see this. One is of the that things winter is longer out west and they have more uh, time. More I don't know. It's just well, spectacular. It, it might you know, weirdly, it might be, because that's like why the like why they say grunge happened, essentially, because yeah. Seattle is rainy and depressing. 
and nobody has anything to do other than noodle around on a guitar for two hours a day while it rains. One of the oh. things I love about cosplay or about convention season, especially of the big conventions in the states like San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con, is the cosplay videos that come out. I love watching them because I'm just in awe of the creative ideas that a lot of these cosplayers have yeah, to do mashups and the time and the, the the skill they have in creating these outfits. It's amazing. There's a a, a channel on YouTube called Sneaky Zebra that does uh, music cosplay videos at yeah, the, the, the big those, American those ones. Are the ones. I would we love watch. for them to do something like that at Fan Expo because that's a, that's the thing is I don't think Fan Expo is supposedly one of the the biggest conventions in north america at this point and i, I, heard, I would i've heard third biggest it's supposed to be third that's what that's what they say i'll go with that um but it gets very little coverage from nerd media on a whole like even when you like there's not even the the picture displays and i would really like to see more of that because there's some really well, good costumes e- and e- stuff like that that even you see come out of that calgary expo the one thing, I, I went into the cosplay contest to go and see it. Now, I've never seen too many of the cosplay contests at Fan Expo. I've seen them at uh, Niagara Falls or Hamilton because they usually have it on one of the stages. Yeah. Well, Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo, they're in the corral. Oh, cool. So they're in the arena where the Calgary Hitmen play. <laughs> you know, the Flames used to play there at one time. Yeah. So when you walk in there, and there's 10,000 people sitting mm. watching a costume contest. That's amazing. And they did all the big panels there. So Wallace Shawn was in there on the on the big stage, and they're interviewing him. So it's a little bit of a different feel. Like, I guess mm. at uh, Toronto Comic Con, you get the John Bassett, Bassett Theater. But yeah. when you're into, like, a hockey arena. Yeah, that's a pretty big size. And so I got up close to the stage, and I'm looking... And I'm like, the place was 70% capacity for just the cosplay contest. Wow. Yeah. And now, like, one of the hottest tickets is was Stan Lee and uh, Todd McFarlane, which is also interesting, too, because uh, Fan Expo 2016 was supposed to be the last Canadian appearance of Stan Lee. Uh, I think it was amended to last East Coast appearance, but yeah. Because <laughs> I talked to one of the vendors, and they said that uh, Todd McFarlane is the one who called in a special favor to stay yeah. from Calgary is oh yeah so yeah. and it, and not only not only that is like it is everybody's like oh well he's not doing he's just not going to be doing as many conventions where he has to fly to because mm-hmm. he's at that age where if something happens to him on a plane he's done mm-hmm. like they're he, they will not land fast enough to get medical help yeah to to revive him so that's what they just like and it's not just Stan anybody that age basically your doctor will tell you don't fly anymore or try to limit it. And that's he like there his East Coast cons are coming to an end. Well, uh, just because he's not going to be flying to the well, he's going to do. I guarantee you he will be doing plenty in the L.A. area. San Diego, San Diego, Stan anywhere Lee's, where the Lee's kamikaze. Yeah. Well, the, the two of the biggest lines, especially in the big four building, was Todd McFarland and Stanley. They were set up right across from each other. And it's funny how many people were so excited. I saw a couple of guys walking around. They're so excited. It's like, I got my spawn number one signed by Todd McFarlane. Most printed comic ever. Yeah. I was going to say, even ever. I know that that number one does not have any I have a spawn number resale. one, and I never even loved spawn. So. Everybody has spawn number one. Because that was right at the beginning of the, oh, we got a, comics are worth money. We got everybody Every got to buy number one. Every comic book has spawn number one. Yeah. 
it's funny when you they think that they're worth money. I didn't even know about Spawn until that movie came out. The live action one? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a terrible piece of crap. I don't think I watched it. I just think that was my Michael first. Michael J. White was good in that movie. The the actors are good. The special effects for the time is good. Yeah, that no, the no, story Johnny, is Johnny, Johnny Legs is not good. Kevin, is that on your oh, nerd John list? Oh, John Leguizamo. Of course, it's on my nerd list. You should totally watch that as part of your nerd oh, list. Oh God, Let's I haven't seen Brent it since it. I was in theaters. Which one? Spawn. 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 I don't think I've it. seen. It. Is Battlefield it Earth the... on your nerd list? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. Battlefield Earth. No. Battlefield Earth. Walk away this table. I will flip this mixing board right now. My my friends Kim and her boyfriend at the time, my friend Paul. Uh, took me to see Spawn for my birthday because it came out around my birthday. So they took me as my birthday present. Now I know what your birthday present is going to be. And I'm going to find on Blu-ray for you. <laughs> find the unrated director's cut. I haven't seen that one. Do you watch the Spawn animated series? It was on HBO. I really liked that. That was, that was amazing. Keith David is the voice of Spawn. Yeah. And, and weirdly, that's how I read him if I ever see the character. Like if I ever see panels from the comic or whatever. It's Keith David's voice that comes in it's my mind. It's Keith David's voice that comes in my head when I just think of the things I have to do in the morning. I have to brush my teeth. <laughs> Keith David Keith narrates David's telling day. me. Yeah, he narrates <laughs> my, my life. Sounds like military channel. If you're hungover, is it like, I told you to stay down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, stay down. So, like, really, some of the biggest guests there was Jeremy Renner, Billy D. Williams, John Cusack. Nathan Fillion had huge lines. Oh. Yeah. He's an Alberta boy, too, right? Yeah. Uh, He's Peter, one- Peter Capaldi. Oh, he I had have, tons of tons of yeah. people. The one I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the biggest lines that I saw was for Stephen Stephen Young, Glenn from Walking, from Walking Dead. Because uh, I think maybe maybe there's that little bit of fear of now that he's not on Walking Dead, maybe we won't see him as much. Yeah, uh, which is funny because he's doing the voice for the you know the comic book Chew. Mm-hmm. They're doing an animated movie, and he's Are the main they? character. Ooh. Oh, that'd be good. Animated movie or a, series. It's I, him and Felicia Day does a voice on it too. I read a little bit of two because you have an issue or two, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I got to get the hardcovers of that. Yeah, I would really it's like to fun. read the rest of that. Well, Stan Lee also had a lot of people, Todd McFarlane and yeah. Wallace Shawn. A lot of people were excited yeah. for Wallace Shawn. Now, as far as the comic book side, um, I went through the list. There, there was a couple guys who kind of jumped out at me. The number one for me, especially being an 80s kid, was uh, Jim Shooter. Oh, yeah. Um, he, I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan, and Jim Shooter had a lot of influence on G.I. Joe. Um, for nice me, guy, too. For me, when for you say Jim Shooter, I think of the Legion, because he was like the youngest person ever to write comics. Yeah. He got I'm hired when he was 13 teen. to write the Legion of Superheroes in the 60s. Wow. Yeah. They didn't know he was 13 when he was submitting <laughs> stories, but he ended up writing that book for years, and he shaped the early DC universe. No, he... Um, I didn't have a chance to talk to him, but he was really he was really good when he was interacting with people. Um, Amy Chu. Uh, of course Amy her- Chu is awesome. I got to do a, a writer's panel with her mm-hmm. at Toronto Comic Con. Oh, she's yeah. just like the, the sweetest, nicest what person. What do I know Amy Chu from? Um, she's doing the Kiss that. comic book right now. She also Which? did Wonder Woman 77. Wonder yeah. Woman 77. Awesome. Yeah. And Kiss and Red Sonia. And her Kiss comic is actually like the idea for it isn't bad because it kind of revolves around like a post-apocalyptic future where Kiss has become like an idea, like it's become a mythology kind okay. of thing, as opposed to like the superhero shtick that they always do with Kiss comic books. So, <laughs> um, uh, Well, our friends from Chapter House were there. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, so, they're they're hitting everywhere. They were yeah. there was a chunk of them at C two E two that weekend too. Yeah, um, Anthony was down there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I saw Richard Cumley, and it's kind of nice when they have a puzzled look on their face. What are you doing? What here? a couple <laughs> provinces away. Yeah. Um, Dan Shaning, Shoning. Uh, it's O E. So I'm thinking it's like the uh, the like Matt Groening. Uh, Dan Channing, he he does Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Um, so no, he was really nice. I felt bad when I told him I dropped his book, but uh, I'm sorry, Dan. Why would you tell him that? <laughs> well, I actually, uh, honestly, is he the artist or the writer? Ed is very he's, honest. He's the artist. Yeah, well, it's not his fault. <laughs> so <laughs> his art didn't suffer. Your, jo- it was the story your work was great. The story, man. Uh, yeah. Well, it was one of those. I I collected everything. I collected everything Ghostbusters uh-huh. up until they did Haunted America. When they left the firehouse and they're traveling across the United States. And I was like, eh, I'm done. I'll come back. Mm. Now, I do want to get back on the book now that they're doing the crossover of 1984 Ghostbusters with 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, yeah? So I do want to get back on that. Well, it means the the female Ghostbusters live in in some form or another, which is nice. Like, I keep telling people that was the only movie I saw in theaters twice last year. It that was, was a my great fav- movie. It was my favorite movie. I had a great time at Ghostbusters. I film. enjoyed yeah. it more than Civil War. My favorite oh. part was um, the stupid secretary character. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. He was an idiot. <laughs> Especially when he's like, um. <laughs> Do I look to- smarter playing saxophone or listening to saxophone? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other one that had, I was really surprised because they weren't over in the main artist alley where all the comic book creators are. They were kind of down some of the aisles with, you know, the the local talent. Yeah. Was, um, Robert, uh, Robert Den Blaker and Heather Den Blaker who do Cyanide and Happiness. Oh, the, the webcomic. Yep. Yeah. That's a huge lines. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, That's That's a popular comic. Well, think about like. You probably came across them because somebody else posted one of their comics somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. On your Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Yep. And, and like everybody sees that stuff, right? So, no, I was kind of yeah. surprised when, because they're they're kind of in the middle spot. So they were setting up a waiting area, like a queue for people to I come up I guarantee what that was is some, whoever it was who booked them for that show probably just saw webcomic and thought, uh, well, we'll put them over here then. Because yeah. who's going to go see that? And not realizing how That's huge. much of a, a readership they have. So, Other than that, um, I can't say enough good things. It was one of those, I didn't know what to expect. And I would say that probably Calgary Expo is bumped no, its way into my favorite. <laughs> mm. Just because outside is like a a feel of a fair yeah um with the larping and i've got i took so many like quick little videos i still have to post to my facebook page but i just yeah. i loved it it was so much fun i wish you know true north nerds could have done a live remote from hey right if uh, calgary wants to fly us out <laughs> hell been, yeah i'll do a show you that's all i I've want i've never spent just any time in calgary i've <laughs> never been to calgary either so i would love to go and L- listen do the if convention. you are a comic-con promoter 
here's the deal. You fly us and put us up in a hotel, I will do a show at any of your shows. And Brent I has, am not big. And Brent has a lot of experience moderating panels. Yeah, just saying. Hey, somebody flew, somebody thought I was good enough to fly me to Florida to put me on a boat to do that. Well, here's so. my shameless guest plug. I would like to be a featured cosplayer anywhere. Yeah, we'll bring the whole crew. Mm. No, um, bring the van. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, we need an A-team van. I got an A-team van. You just drove that van back from Alberta. <laughs> we don't want to drive it back again. <laughs> That's why we got it. Cross-country tours. My, my favorite thing about cons, I love panels. Even They don't even have to be like featured guest panels. I like interesting discussion panels. Was was the lineup of the schedule for Calgary Comic did it, Comic-Con, did it have a ton of Unfortunately, I didn't, you didn't have a notice. chance yeah. to to look at it. Like I was there two out of four days, and I still didn't see everything. Right. Like even you know they had because the grounds are so big. Yeah. Like the Palomino room had all the panels and the corral. They had stuff going on, and even at night they had uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old. <laughs> so, oh, they did you know, a, a live podcast, and, and Jason Muse were there. So yeah, it's just cool. It's one of those. Um, unfortunately, you know, you gotta make the donuts or as the saying goes to have the funds. So Mm -hmm. I had to work. I couldn't be there the Thursday and Friday, but if I have the opportunity to go back next year, it'd be, uh, Mm -hmm. spend all four days there. So coincidentally, uh, the day that we're recording this, um, Fan Expo Toronto put out their comic book guest list. Which I had a quick look at that um, one too. It's a it's very heavy on the Batman. Yeah, but I so. it, it's it, it's a good list to be honest. Like um, Snyder and Capullo are on there. Yeah, and Jason Fabok, Jim Lee. But they they've also managed to sneak in um, some uh, some guys who uh, are a little bit older. But are like artists that I like that like it. Um, John like, Bolton, for instance, is on the list. He did. Uh, he was. Bigger in the eighties and nineties, he did uh, Neil Gaiman's books of magic. Yeah, like oh, I love er, that book. yeah, like he's he's a, a painted comic artist guy, really good. Mike Zach is yeah, going Mike to be Zach, there. That's number one on my list. Yeah, I got uh, I got to talk to him a little bit the last time he was in town. Um, and uh, Dave oh. Johnson, the the cover artist, who uh, last time I saw him, he was having a very good time. <laughs> Two of my favorites are there too: Adam Hughes and Kevin McGuire. I love their sort. Kevin of McGuire is clean, um, yeah, cartoony look. And uh, and Eric Powell, the guy, the, the guy who does the goon, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, amongst other things. It's it. The comic list is pretty good, um, and that's apparently only wave one. And you didn't I, even I, mention Jim Lee. Yeah, Jim Lee is the big get. Well, I I like the fact that it's also not the same guys we always see. Well, uh, there's reasons for that with that we will not get into on, on it, here. It is nice to be able to see yeah. different comic book. We're artists. we're getting a variety, and like same with the celebrities too. Like you're going to get a couple mainstays that well, like that are, that always bring in people. There's but, two who are big on my list for the for the celebrities. Kathleen Turner. Yep, number one. Okay, who's number two? Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, uh, Meatloaf yeah. crosses so many genres. Yeah. For me, it's more of the music. I'm not a Rocky Horror Picture guy. Me, neither am I. But 
for me, I love Meatloaf, especially like I, Bad Out of Hell 1, 2, and 3. Those are like a great trilogy of albums. Like I would be going to the uh, the Tim Curry signing to get my copy of Legend signed. Not Legend? Yeah. That wouldn't be the movie i get signed. What would you get? Clue? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Copper Horror. Barrel? Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen Rocky Horror. Uh, that's coming up on my nerd list very soon. I'm in the middle of 1975. <laughs> nice. It comes right after Rollerball. So, with this in mind, if you could book one guest for a convention, that like your white whale, the guy that you would like to get, the guy or girl who you would like to get something signed by or like say something to, who would that guest be? I've gotten lucky. I've gotten most of mine. Mm. <laughs> so, I generally avoid celebrities at conventions just because I find the lines and costs so big. Yeah. Uh, but let me think. Do you got one, Ed? Well, I've had my Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So I got my my trifecta of uh, John Schneider, Tom Wopat, and Catherine uh, Bach. Um, I never had the opportunity when Richard Dean Anderson was at Fan Expo a couple years ago. Yeah, and he's now sort of been phasing out of the the convention circuit, unless what? it's a Stargate convention. If I was going to pick two. I would love to see Hulk Hogan again. That's probably big on my list is to to actually meet Hulk Hogan. And Mr. T. Mr. T. Mr. T would I, you know it's weird that he doesn't do these shows. Huh. Maybe maybe he's just well off enough or doesn't want to be hassled with them or something. Maybe he sold all the gold. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it's up to like $1300 an ounce. <laughs> Kevin, do you got anything? Um I keep thinking Peter Davidson, the fifth doctor. Okay. Uh, he was the guy that he was the guy that was on when I started watching that show back in the eighties. So he's, right. he's sort of my doctor. Um, yeah, that's that's probably who I'd go with. Yeah, uh, I think for me at this point, um, Warren Ellis because mm-hmm. he did uh, he used to do Toronto stops and now he's just he stopped doing conventions altogether. Uh, so he's like the like he's one of my favorite writers of all time. And even when he was doing cons in North America, they were few and far between because right. he's shipping over from England for them. So, like, I, like it used to be Garth Ennis, and then I got to meet Garth Ennis, and I got to actually interview him. Much taller than I ever expected the dude to be, but, the, like, so that got off, and, like, well, who's left? And it's, like, him. And like, that. that's kind of the, the top of my list now. Jen, do you got any? Squirrel Girl? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's... No, that's later. That's uh, later. That's yeah. later. Um, I don't really go to conventions for the celebrities either. I mostly go for the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but there is an artist that I follow on. Um, well, actually, I have her. I still use RSS feeds in the morning to get my news. Oh, yeah. And so I follow her, I guess, Tumblr. Um, it's Amy Meberson. She's a fantastic artist. But as far as I know, she doesn't come to Canada. I know she does a lot of... Um, West Coast stuff in the states. She's always doing San Diego, and she. I think she goes up to Emerald City. She did the the Disney princesses cartoon Car- web comic. cartoon strip there. Uh, yeah, for a while. Pocket Princesses is the, what she uh, her unlicensed Disney princesses uh, comic, which is awesome. But she does a lot of like actual Disney art too. Like she's paid to by Disney. <laughs> so I'd love to actually get a sketch from her. I think that would be fantastic. All right, well, 
It looks like we have an interesting convention planned if we all got our way. Mm. Um, with that in mind, we are going to wrap up the show with what we always do, our geek picks. Uh, something I shamelessly stole from Geek Hard. Uh, my, uh, my friends at Geek Hard, they do this as well. So we'll start off with uh, our guest... Uh, who just ate food? So we'll start. We'll start with Kevin instead. I am loving this season of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I love Bill. I love the way Capaldi has slightly changed his interpretation of the Doctor to be more of a teachery. And I love this mystery of what's in the vault. I we haven't got that far yet. I don't yes, think. you have. It was yeah, in. It was have a, we? They, they brought it up. Oh, right, Nardole's right, right. like, you can't leave. You can't go anywhere. You have to stay here because of the vault. And, he's and like, right. the oath that he swore. I, you swore an oath. You cannot leave. Right, right, right. I remember. There's a vault, and there's something in it, and we don't know what it is. And but I like, I, I like that the Daleks were in the first episode, but they weren't the focus. Oh, look, here's a Dalek. Yep. What's well, a Dalek? That's I, a Dalek. Okay. Many, so there have been three episodes so far. You haven't watched all three yet? We we have the file that we watched, the uh, we streamed of the... The, so, the emoji robot. The emoji robot. I'm so, so mad. The last 10 minutes were cut off. I'm oh. so mad, and we couldn't find another version of it. So we're going to have to so find So you haven't else's. seen how the emoji robots end? No. No. And then the, the third episode is a giant monster living in the Thames. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, I Doctor Who is back, and it's great, and I love it, and I'm kind of sad that... Capaldi sort of hit his stride and he's leaving. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's what he wants to do. He wants to go big and then go home. Three years is a good run for a doctor. That seems to be on average. I was honestly, I was a little bit worried about Bill just because I had only seen the little, tra- and I was like, uh, just in the trailer, I was like, she looks kind of, she seems kind of dorky and stupid. She's not. But she's not. No, no she's awesome. And she would be like us if we ended up in the TARDIS. She's yeah. got all of this time travel pop culture knowledge, uh-huh. too. So I, I won't spoil much about this third episode with the giant monster, but it's a time travel thing, too. They end up in uh, Victorian London. Yeah, I've seen the a- And trailer. she's like, well, what are the rules? And he's like, what rules? You know, the rules for time travel. You know, if I step on a butterfly, I could end up never existing. Now, Martha did that, too, in the third season. Yeah, but but Martha, I never got the feeling from Martha that she was like a fan. No, Martha followed the doctor because she was in love with the doctor and Bill is just excited. Yes. And the doctor's um, relationship with Bill is very cool. And uh, yeah. Uh, So I'm very interested to see where this goes and I hope Bill sticks around even after Capaldi because it's nice oh, to have whoever that the next continuity doctor is. from one doctor to the next by having the companion transition. It worked well with Clara. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, it worked with Rose. Or no, that was transition. Yeah, transitioning doctor. Yeah, Rose transitioned from ninth to tenth. From ninth to tenth. And um, and Clara did from eleventh uh, to twelfth. Yeah. So I hope, but we're getting a new showrunner too, right? This is also Russ. Uh, um, uh, What's his name? Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat's last season, too. So they may want a clean house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Doctor Who, watch it. It's on Sundays. No, it's on. I don't know. I watch it's it. On, I don't know. It's I on Space it. on Saturdays at 9 o'clock. If you live in Canada. <laughs> if you live in the States, it's I am BBC assuming something, we do. I assume. Do we have international listeners? If, you are in, if you're listening to this in a country not from Canada, please... Leave a message on our Facebook page. Hey, my old, I want to know. My old podcast, the, the Two Assholes one, we had four listeners in New Zealand. That's awesome. 
I want to know if, if people outside of Canada are listening to this. Well, I know even my if you're friend, outside of Ontario, I want to know if you're listening to this. I know this. my friend Rachel listens, and she's in Indianapolis. Hey, Rachel. Cool. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Okay, so we'll get... Rachel! We'll, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Where's Rachel? Oh, <laughs> uh, so glad Levelator is going to smooth that one out. <laughs> uh, Ed, you said you had a couple ideas I do, when I, I do have a couple. Day. So first off, uh, that means I can have more candy. Yeah, you can have more more. Because that's going to take a bit. Delicious candy. <laughs> okay, so first off, uh, I want people to follow Nika Stone. Um, Nika okay, fair Nika enough. Stone on Facebook, Nika Stone on Instagram, Nika Stone on Twitter. Uh, fantastic cosplayer. So that's definitely my pick. You need to follow her. And Fan Expo needs to bring her in as a special guest. I think that'd be awesome. Now, so the last two weeks I was at West for work. Basically, I drove 5,700 kilometers visiting customers. I flew yeah. into Winnipeg. And since you don't really sure how radio is going to work out there, so I downloaded a bunch of podcasts. I'm... You guys help lead me into podcasts. I've never listened to too many of them. So, you know, True North Nerds was number one. Yeah, We're number one! Which led into number two. Who is? Geek Heart. Oh, Yay! Yeah, I can, I can go with that. Geek Heart are friends. So, so. you know, listening to Geek Andrew and Mr. Green and uh, Back Issue Bloodbath and you keep... Kim, uh, don't make me watch that. Or. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I haven't actually listened to that one yet. It's... So basically, I've been driving around the country with our friends, Mr. Green and Andrew Young. But my pick of the week led from Geek Heart. Okay. Because I'm listening to older episodes. Yeah. And uh, they chose Henry Zabrowski as their guest of the year last year. Okay. Which Henry Zabrowski is last podcast on the left with Ben Kessel and Marcus Parks. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's not really a geek one. They have geek elements into it, but they basically cover a lot of stuff. And they, like, uh, I listened to a four-issue series on L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, that's interesting. So they basically chronicled the life of L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. And while, you know, Ben Kissel and Henry or, and Marcus Parks are breaking it down, Henry Zabrowski's bringing his take, but he's also doing impressions of L. Ron Hubbard and mm. of people. Yeah, it was just, I was laughing the whole time. Um, it's not really something you need to listen to on a plane because I had to keep from laughing out loud on a plane as I was kind of like holding it in. Yeah. I people thought I was going to like, you know, poop my pants on the plane or something like that. But uh, yeah, last podcast on the left. Uh, they're on iTunes. Uh, give it a listen. It's it's a lot of fun and pretty educational, especially when they got into the whole Dianetics, uh, you know, Scientology stuff. Yeah. So now you need to follow that up with that HBO documentary, Going Clear. Going Clear. I've already yeah. seen Going Clear. Oh, okay. I've already seen yeah. the Leah Remini stuff. So I'm not sure if I want to be a Scientologist or get away from it. <laughs> it's probably get away from it but yeah anyways it's really cool hail Zenu. Yeah. <laughs> hey you didn't pay your forty thousand dollars you're not allowed to talk about that yeah you can't talk about Zenu. you don't even know hail xena there you go <laughs> i can get i can get with that one jen all right so as always squirrel girl 
Um, but with the twist this time. Well, I rem- I was listening to our podcast. I think I don't remember which one it was. Not too long ago. A couple episodes ago. A couple episodes ago, and uh, I had mentioned the book, "The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl: Squirrel Meets World" by Sean Hale and Dean Hale, or sorry, Shannon Hale and Dean Hale. And I said I wasn't going to yay or nay it until I'd read it. So I finally read it. It's adorable. <laughs> I mean, really, it's Squirrel Girl. Did you think I wasn't going to like it? Um, it's definitely, I would think, a young adult style book. So probably a tween uh, to young teenager type of a book. Um, my honestly, my favorite parts in it is when she uh, she. So it's okay. I've got to collect my thoughts and then talk. So it's the story of her. <laughs> before she's squirrel girl so she's she's 14 she's just moved to new jersey and you know she's got her squirrel powers but she's not a superhero yet so she's at school and it's the story it's the story of her becoming squirrel girl so she meets tippy toe and there's a super villain um her very first supervillain. But then my favorite part is when she's like, I need help. I should get the Avengers. So Tippy Toe breaks into the Avengers tower and steals a bunch of cell phone contacts. And so there's chapters in here where she's texting. Squirrel Girl is texting Black Widow, uh, the Winter Soldier, Tony Stark, uh, Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> And at the end, she ends the up... The rocket text is really the good. The rocket text. Jen had I, to share it with me. I made Brett read that chapter. And then throughout the whole thing, she's uh, kind of um, fangirling She-Hulk because She-Hulk is a strong woman mm-hmm. who's got a career, and but is, can still be a superhero. So at the very end of the book, She-Hulk gets Squirrel's Girl's number and texts her. And it's adorable. So I recommend this book. It's so cute. Okay. Um, anyway, that's my Squirrel Girl plug, but my actual <laughs> pick, because, you know, every week is a Squirrel Girl plug, uh, Kevin and I were just talking about this book, uh, Tigana, or... T- I say Tigana. Tigana, or Tigana, T-I-G-A-N-A, by Guy Gavriel K. Um, it's an older book now. I don't know. Me... I would say I should early say 90s. I'm looking for the publication date. Late like 80s, good early librarian. 90s. Uh, 1992. 92, yeah. So it's an older book. This is my, probably my second favorite book of all time. Really? Yeah. My first is uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark. Oh. Which if you haven't read, I have it in audiobook, in ebook, I've read it. And in I, print. I didn't love it, but. Oh, I love it. Anyway, so Tigana is, I don't even actually remember the plot of this book because it's been such a long. <laughs> it's your favorite? Because it's been such a long time since I've read it. So when you read this book, it's a good fantasy novel yeah. as you're reading it. You, you know, you enjoy it. You're, you're going along with the plot. It, it's, it's nice. But the very last sentence on the very last page blows your mind. Yes, and it, it makes does. the whole it makes you the whole rest of the book you're like holy crap yeah because you it just snaps everything into place expecting you're expecting one thing to happen yeah and then something else happens yeah. no. cool. and now ed is flipping to the back of the book it won't make sense unless you've read the rest of the book uh, and Ed, Ed's looking at the last chapter, and it's actually the epilogue that blows you away. Oh, sorry, it's the yeah. epilogue. Because I'm like that last line. I, I it's, yeah, okay. Sorry, it's the epilogue. It's been a while since I've read this book. Anyway, Guy oh, Gabriel. Maybe it's the afterward. No, it's the epilogue. <laughs> Guy Gabriel K is a Toronto author. He writes a lot of fantasy. And uh oh, hang on, the kitten's about to hurt herself. 
Oh, your kitten. Okay, kitten safe. Anyway. <laughs> we we just got a new cat in our house. So her name listeners. is Petra, and she's adorable. And, and, and I love she her is, and pet her. And... <laughs> she's also very curious about everything. Yeah, so. and was about to uh, fall off of a precariously stacked bunch of stuff. So now I'm holding her. Anyway. No. So Guy Gavriel Kay is a Toronto author. Uh, he's been writing since for a while. And um, he takes... Uh, periods of real history and gives them like a fantasy tweak. Right. So I, there was a a run of three books in the early nineties to Ghana, the lines of our son and a song for our bun. And each one is set in a fantasized medieval European country. So to Ghana is, is like Spain song for our bun is French and uh, the lines of our son is more, uh, Moorish. Yeah. And, um, Oh, they're just so good. They're so good. He's also got uh, The Last Light of the Sun, which is Viking, uh, Sailing to Sorrentum, and there's another one. Yeah, that was a, du- like it was, a, it was a, a duology. Yeah, um, which is the Byzantine Empire, and then he's recently moved on to Eastern history and wrote um, a Chinese, Chinese-based, I think. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, so go read everything that Guy Gavriel Kay has written. And I see your copy is signed. And my copy is signed. I also met him at uh, the Ontario Library Association Super Conference one year. So I also have a picture of him. Library Supercon. Whoa, my cat's scrambling again. Okay, back on the floor. Okay, so um, I have two because they're, they're too good to, to pass up. Um, the first one is a music-based one that mm. I came across yesterday by a group called Palette Swap Ninja. The album is called Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans. Oh, oh yeah. I've heard about this and I... I it is a... I listened to it. You have. It, the I've part. listened to the entire thing and downloaded it because it's free. You can uh, go to their website at uh, com, And what it is, is it is a parody album of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the, the Beatles album. But it retells the entire story of Episode Four of Star Wars. They've changed each like to the point where, not to spoil anything, but the the final note in Sergeant Pepper's is that that big piano dong, uh-huh. and that's when the Death Star blows up. <laughs> like in in the song period. So okay, so it doesn't go to the award ceremony, but that that's the end of the album is the the Death Star blowing up, and each song is really well done Uh, like parody comes in two forms it comes in kind of weird al grade where it's good and you like it and it doesn't wear on you and it comes in the grade where oh that was funny and each time you listen to it it gets less and less funny and this this is just so well done that it doesn't lose anything because musically, it's really close to the Beatles album. Mm. Like it, whoever these guys are, their musicianship is pretty good. And apparently, it took them about five years to put together the album. And it's free because well, you can never charge for this thing without getting sued. But I, I highly recommend if you're a Star Wars fan and a Beatles fan to to listen to it. It is pretty fantastic. Well, I happen to be both, so I'm going to have to. Go you get you it. will yeah. enjoy it. It's really well done. I, I was howling at parts of it. Um, the other was I finally got to watch a 2014 documentary called The Image Revolution, which is about the the rise, sort of drop off, and rise again of Image Comics. 
like from their formation to um, pretty much now, like 2014, the the, the end chunks, chunk is about uh, how Walking Dead has kind of resurrected the brand name of Image and the, the flood of creators they are starting to get. It's really good because it's warts and all. Like they, they talk about kicking Liefeld out and they, they talk to all the original founders and a lot of guys who were in the studio system, like the different studios at the time. And um, it, it's just really well put together. And just like it's hard to explain to modern comic fans how big these guys were when they left Marvel and what an impact that made. But the, the, they describe, like, basically, um, I think it's Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and maybe Eric Larson had decided they were leaving and they were in New York that day. And basically they're like, well, why don't we try and pick up a couple other guys while we're at it? And Jim Lee was, like, the last one where they're like, well, you got to decide by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're in or you're, you're out because tomorrow we're going to Marvel. We're saying we're gone. So they all march in, and it was, I hadn't realized it until they put it in this perspective, all the X-Books, basically. The top-selling X-Books, gone. Their their artists just... Jim Lee had drawn the highest-selling comic book of all time, X-Men number one, 1992, right? Yeah, the the biggest-selling Spider-Man book artists, the the two guys, Larson and Larson and Which McFarlane. Which I still prefer Larson Spider-Man over McFarlane. Yeah. I know that's sacrilege, but I love uh, I, I kind of like both, So, yeah. but they were gone. Yeah. I, what I didn't realize was with Valentino, it was the the biggest non-selling Marvel comic that wasn't a Spider-Man and wasn't an X-Men comic was his run of Guardians, Guardians of, the Galaxy, of the Galaxy, and he was gone. So it's like they all just up and left. Like they gave their notice, get, handed in their pages, they were done. And then they go down to DC and walk into the offices and explain what they've just done at Marvel. And the editor in chief at DC is like, has like, has been given a gift from God. And then they're like, no, we're just telling you what we did. We're not working for you either. We're working for ourselves and walk out of there. Like that, like the balls on these guys at the time. It's Ma- just imagine fantastic. what DC would have looked like though if, if those guys had all to... decided to sign with an imprint or yeah. something. Yeah. If they did an NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash walk in, take over DC. Imagine what DC would have looked like. Yeah, it, it's weird because it goes through all the like how Jim Lee ended up being editor in chief at DC and the the stuff between. Um, Silvestri and uh, and Rob Liefeld, where Silvestri briefly left Image because Liefeld was poaching his artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and them kicking him out of the company. And have you gone back and reread any of those original Image books lately? Uh, I did a couple of years ago. I reread the Young Blood series, which uh, yeah, because a couple of years ago I decided to go and try to find all those Image books. Okay. Which is really easy. You just go to Most like, of Toronto them. Comic Book Show, and I bought like the first twelve of Wildcats for like seventy five cents a piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, God, those books are horrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they're, they're you know Young Bloods, Wildcats. Uh, I was working in a comic book store uh, at that time, just after. So just after the image explosion. Yeah. And so many people were buying multiple copies of Spawn because they thought it was going to be valuable and people wanted to talk to me about it, but I 
couldn't because I hated it. There was only <laughs> one book out of those original image number ones. Like there was even like Cyber Cops came out. That was horrible. Like they're all Oh, Cyber Force. Yeah, Cyber yeah, Force. Yeah. Sorry, they're all junk. But the only one out of those number ones that I enjoyed Shadowhawk. No, Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon. I love Eric Larson's art. The story was good. So I have Savage Dragon number one, and I have the re-release of Savage Dragon number one. What is he, 250 issues now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's... It's been 25 years. Yeah. yeah. So over 250 issues, I have one. But I enjoyed it. That's yeah. the thing. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy enough to give it any money. Yeah, I had a cartoon oh. series, too. Yep. Well, everything had, like, Young or Wildcats had a cartoon series cartoon, back then. Which I've got one of the toys well, downstairs that I bought for $5. The image Valiant crossover? Deathmate. I've Death got Mate. that entire that series t- downstairs. That the last issue took, like, three years before it came out. Coincidentally, the Liefeld issue. Yeah. But at the time... Because I was reading the Valiant books, mm. I thought that was the company that was going to stick around because I thought, well, these image guys, while their art may be pretty in some people's eyes, they don't know how to tell a story. And yet here we are 25 years later, Valiant's been rebooted three times. Yeah. The current one seems to be sticking really well, yeah. though. But Image is still here, and it's not its not the company it was 25 years ago. They're no, no, it. no. Like in some of the Image books I get, like uh, Thief of Thieves, mm-hmm. which, you know, Kirkman. Um, I love Black Science. Great velvet. I haven't read that, but I've heard great oh. things. Velvet is amazing. No, Vel- Velvet's like some of the best need, books out there. Yeah. I need to give Invincible a try, I think, because I mm-hmm. love. I've heard lots of good things about it. I've read the first couple trades and really liked it. Oh, Ryan loves Invincible. Yeah. I loved um, the Jay Fairber books that mm-hmm. Image did. So Noble Causes. Is, yeah. And uh, what was the other one? Dynamo 5, something 5. Anyway, uh, I love those books. They were like superhero soap operas, and they were just fun. And they crossed over with Invincible a couple times, so that's why I feel like I probably would like Invincible too. Yeah. But those were really well-written, well-told stories. And uh, when Image finally realized that you needed that as well as flashy art, uh, that's when they became a better company. And not only that, it's weird to think of it now that like the the top books at Image aren't superhero books. I think Invincible does well for them, but it's... It's, it's things a, like Walking Dead. It um, pretty much like uh, anything Brubaker does for mm-hmm. them, which none of it is superhero based. Yeah, and like just the the marketing things that they've done with that company. The fact that they have what I call the crack dealer policy on their first trades. Those nine ninety nine. First trades nine ninety nine. That's how I got hooked on Chew and Saga. Yeah, uh, that's how I got into um, Black Science how i get into everything and that's part of the problem (laughs) it's like if it's got to create like at that price point if it's got a creator i like i will be willing to spend 10 bucks on a trade well and then if it's good then you've got me locked for the rest of them well the good thing with like black science rick remender took chances that you don't do in a beginning book yep like killing off a major character You know, and when he does that, it's like, wait a minute. Like, this is not a normal book. Like, you figure they're just going to string string you along, but... Have you ever read Southern Bastards? Oh, that's a Jason yeah. Aaron book? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of along the lines of, like, flavor-wise, kind of like Walking Tall. Like, that. that it, it's, it, it's about, like, crime and basically high school football. It's really well done, though. Like enough that like I've got it. Uh, get that. I'd love it. I'm waiting for the next trade. But it's, there's that, and there's uh, the goddamned is really good too. It's the the story of 
Kane after he got expelled from Paradise. And it's basically Jason Aaron has taken a Bible story and turned it into like a Conan like fantasy story. And it's really good. And so here's an idea Would Image, I guess, because it's more creator owned content, they own the logo? This is apparently the deal. Image owns the logo, and you, I think you owe them for printing. If they like, assuming they approve your your pitch and stuff like that, um, or you get a break on printing from them or something mm. like that. Like it makes me wonder: Would anybody want to reboot like Wildcats? Would like? Would well, it's being rebooted right now. It's a, in, at DC. And what was the book you were telling me about earlier today? Ah, that's the thing. Is you know what came out today, Ed? Youngblood number one. What? Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a new revamp. Liefeld's not writing it or drawing it. He's doing like a backup story in it, but it's like three pages. But um, it's kind of interesting. It's um, it's weird because it's we've gotten in the last two months we've got or three months we've gotten two of the major uh, image comics rebooted or revamped. There's. Uh, Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe is being revamped by Warren Ellis over at DC. Mm-hmm. And it's taken more of a like a corporate espionage sci-fi sort of feel to it. Like almost real world-ish. And they're taking the Wildstorm universe out of the DC universe, aren't they? Yes, it's not. It's no longer a part of it. Um, but the Youngblood one is they have completely embraced the comic bookiness, which is different for Youngblood. Youngblood always tried to kind of make itself into, like, real-world situations, but now it hasn't. Like, uh, the cyborg, uh, sort of Captain america kind of guy, Spartan. Die Hard. What was Sorry, Die Hard? Die Hard, yeah. He, oh. was a, he was a World War II soldier, and now he's a cyborg superhero. He's president of the United States in this book. Like, it's been a number of years since the the last young blood series which never ended in the first place but since that ended mm-hmm. and he's since been elected president so you see him in the white house and you can see like the cybernetics of his neck and stuff but he's wearing like a full suit and then before he has to go out to do an address he puts on the helmet <laughs> so <laughs> like it's completely embraced the goofiness but it's so it's really kind of working in that first issue enough that i want to read issue two Put it that way. Well, the original it makes you not want to read issue two. <laughs> I have the entire original run. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have that. I have Team Youngblood. I have the the Youngblood Hit Strike Young Files. Blood. Well, there there was a period I was really into those books, and like, but it was after the boom, so they were going for like fifty cents to a buck a piece. And I worked at a shop and got paid in trade, so like. At, at the time, so I just like I'm like, oh, I'll buy this run of Youngblood and go through it. So, but uh, yeah, the first issue was pretty it's good. Kind of like my full run of Super Pro. Oh, how many issues does that go for? Nine. It was Nine? really easy. I, I'm mm. kind of surprised that it isn't twelve. It's usually the cutoffs are six and twelve because, mm. especially now, but back then it was because that's Neil Gaiman's joke is he was going to be surprised if Sandman got beyond six issues. Because six was at DC uh, Vertigo's like their cut point is like after that if you're not at a certain sales level you books drop and it was so it kept going. But uh, that is it for this extra special episode. 
Uh, before we get to our plugs, we'll uh, we'll start with our special guest, Ed. Thank you for coming, Ed. Where can our fans find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Facebook at Snowhawk Cosplay, Twitter at uh, Ed underscore Campbell underscore, or on Instagram at Snowhawk Cosplay. And I've also got Tumblr and all that kind of stuff, but you can just find that on the Googles. Uh, do you know where, well, you're appearing at Free Comic Book Day in Barrie next, but the show will probably go up after that. Do you know where you're going to be after that? Any uh, plans? Next con I'll be at is uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con, so first weekend in June. And then after that, um, be Fan Expo. Fan Expo. Kevin, where can people find us? Facebook, our group is True North Nerds. I would say this every week. It's a secret group, but just send us a message. We'll let you in, no problem. Uh, we are on Twitter at True North Nerds. Our email address is truenorthnerds at gmail.com. And we are also on Instagram, but we don't post there very often. And if you happen to be listening to this uh, or downloaded this episode via iTunes, please rate re- and review and subscribe the show. It uh, ha- ends up helping us in ways of getting us on charts and stuff like that mm-hmm. eventually, assuming there's more than two of you out there listening. Um, but in the meantime, for... Uh, For Kevin, Jen, Ed, and a not-feeling-well Ryan, this has been True North Nerds. We will catch you with our next episode. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds. On Facebook, under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. Sexy.